Because I can control the weather, they call me Storm. Welcome to This Week in Nerd News, your one-stop shop for all of the pop culture you may have missed this week. Brought to you by the Black Nerd Problems Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, Victoria Vertine. And I'm your host, Keith Reed Cleveland. Hello, hello, hello. This is my first podcast in June, so I want to start off by saying, Happy Pride, everyone! Yay! And that's kind of where I wanted to start with my first segment, actually. Uh, So, I am bi. I have always been bi. I have never not known a time when I didn't know that I was bi. So, I love Pride Month, and it was really weird last year to not be able to celebrate in community, I think, especially because Pride Month a lot of times is uh, like the only safe space you feel like you can really be 100% yourself. There's always some level of performance going on. Um, and not for everyone, right? Everybody lives their own story. But I, I, I think that that is something that is really great about Pride is that you can be as out and as loud as you want to be. And so that was really difficult last year, uh, being in the very first stages of COVID. This year has been great in that we're starting to be able to get back together to have small things. But also, I feel like a lot of the streaming platforms have really stepped up their game this year. So I wanted to kind of talk about that. There's a whole bunch of stuff. I'm not going to go through all of it. I've picked out three streaming services. I haven't even really touched on YouTube But please, go through YouTube and just find some great new creators. Let's start with Hulu. So Hulu has a pride guide, is what they call it, which just has a ton of movies that are are centered on LGBTQ plus stories. They have a list of kind of movies and shows with prominent LGBTQ plus characters. And they have a whole list of documentaries, including the Pride documentary series that came out this year from FX. I am so excited to watch this documentary. It is specifically about LGBTQ plus civil rights history throughout the years. It's a mini series, so it's six episodes and each episode has a different director. So a different point of view, a different point in time. And I'm just really excited for it. Uh, Moving over to Paramount Plus, they have a lot of stuff that also has prominent LGBTQ plus characters, but let's talk about Drag Race All-Stars Season 6. The trailer just dropped, the official trailer for Paramount Plus just dropped. However, if that is not enough for you and you do not want to wait, there is an hour plus long video on the Drag Race a YouTube channel that is the Meet the Queens video. So if you're interested in Drag Race, if you want to know who the All-Stars are this season, 
there's lots of content out there already for you. And just the Drag Race YouTube channel in general is pretty great. And then finally, I want to end on HBO Max because HBO Max, similar to kind of the Hulu's guide, HBO Max has done a Shine On Spotlight page. And it does kind of this, a similar thing. All of the things on HBO Max that center LGBTQ plus stories or have prominent LGBTQ plus characters. And they also have curated kind of playlists, I guess, from some of the stars of We're Here, which is another documentary reality kind of series that is hosted, I guess is the best word, by some of our kind of drag race favorites like Bob the Drag Queen, Eureka O'Hara, Shangela. And so they have also put together curated playlists of their favorite things to watch. So those are just some of the things that are going on in the streaming universe around Pride. If you if you're able to kind of reach out and find a way to be in community. Community is a good thing and, you know, in person is great, but we have also learned this year that we can do a lot not in person. So wherever you are at in your getting back to normal journey, make sure that you reach out to one another and happy Pride, everybody. One one thing I want to say too is that now that we're turning the corner, knock on wood, with everything going on with the world, crazy pandemic and everything, like, it always is going to be a cause to celebrate once that happened. But I'm glad that if, when it's happening, it's happening at a time when it is, like, around time for Pride, the summer and everything, where people can actually, like, go out and embrace that community that they didn't get to for so long. Like, it would have kind of sucked if things would have turned the corner. I mean, it still would have been good, ultimately, of course. But it still would have been kind of bittersweet if things would have, like, started to improve and it was, like, December and, like, you listen to cold like I do, it's like, yeah, I can go be around people, but, like, do I want to? So this is really good and everything. So, like, I don't know to what scale things are opening up in different places and everything, but just here in Chicago, I've seen a number of, like, safe-ish, like, space and gatherings and everything happening throughout the city and all that. And also outside, people do what they normally do. So, like, that's a great thing. And as far as the concept is coming out, one thing that I like is that all of this seems like it's organic and natural and not something that studios don't know what to do with. So like throwing against the wall, like, ah, oh, we got to do something, right? And I didn't realize until you just mentioned this, that um, Drag Race was on Paramount Plus because that's a very good show and very addicting. And they know this because they're going to get everybody sucked in by giving them free content on YouTube just so they go on Paramount Plus because they're, they're even more attached to these queens if they weren't already. And I don't have any favorites necessarily, but I've definitely watched my fair share of Drag Queen over the years. So this might be something I do just like in between, like once the episode wraps because I have some time to kill and just go dive into it real quick. For sure, for sure. All right, so what have you got for us this week, Keith? So maybe it's just a matter of being reported more, but there seems to be a lot of attention being given to the hacking space. Recently, we've seen a mix of large companies and agencies being targeted in ransomware attacks and other data breaches of various kinds. But now, the nerve space is under fire after hackers stole data from Electronic Arts, commonly referred to as EA, which publishes many, many, many games, including FIFA, The Sims, Madden, Star Wars, and many, many others. 
The hackers reportedly spoke on underground forums this week about acquiring source code for FIFA 21 and the Frostbite engine, which is used by numerous games under the A umbrella to operate. In total, hackers said they got about 780 gigabytes worth of data and are currently trying to sell it for a profit somewhere. Instead of looking to sweep it under the rug, EA made a statement confirming that, quote, a limited amount of game source code and related tools were stolen, end quote. But the company was also sure to specify that no player data was accessed, that there was no reason to be worried about player privacy going forward, and that they've since improved the security measures. But still, with the constant back and forth that goes on between hackers and cybersecurity specialists and just constant tug of war, I feel pretty comfortable saying that those promises can only be taken so seriously because there's only so much you can anticipate. The whole thing about hacking is just finding new ways to get to cybersecurity systems. Like, you can't always anticipate those. So this, like, kind of gives people more reason to pause thinking that well am i really safe is my data safe my information safe when i play these games and they're being hacked like even the giant like ea can fall victim to this where they've basically just like taken your most pro- one of your most profitable games that you have under your umbrella which is fifa which is worldwide a huge success and they can basically just like take that and run with it and sell it for who knows how many cryptocurrency in various places and everything so just like from a game perspective, but also just a general consumer perspective, this is something I've thought about a lot, but I'm curious to get your read on Victoria. Like, how do you feel about, like, your security when it comes to, like, your data and using all these different outlets that are kind of inevitably being breached at some point in time? And how do you navigate that? How do you find comfort in that? Um, so a couple of things. Let's just be real clear. There are definitely certain sites and things that I just straight up lie. Like, I am not my that is not my real birthday my name is spelled kind of funky (laughs) it's just but also i think another thing which is probably terrible and i feel like i should apologize to my mom because i feel like this is not like i feel like this is not a good way to cope with this but i was in the military for a while and so a lot of times my kind of thought process is is like look the government already knows everything about me. Like, the government has all my stats on file. Like, why does it matter? <laughs> um, I'm just kind of, like, I'm just kind of past that threshold of, like, they already got it. So, it's not a thing that is incredibly worrisome to me i'm also broke all the time so it's not like they can like take my money or something like i ain't got nothing to take so i guess for me personally it's not that much of a concern however um overall this is a big concern and you're right we've seen it in so many different ways uh i would say that even on a much smaller scale, like doxing is, is kind of similar, right? Like it is, it is people finding out your information, specifically using digital means to find out your information and to use that to harm you, right? So there's a huge spectrum of how this affects people and affects them differently. And I, I feel like, sometimes I feel like the individual things are not super problematic and so they maybe get overlooked but i think you're right in that we should see these things as maybe like canaries in the coal mine right so like 780 gigs that's not even a terabyte right so in some ways it's like that's a really tiny breach but looking at it as like this is one of the big i mean ea has been around 
forever. It is one of the giants and theoretically should have known better isn't quite right, but like should have done better maybe? Like the idea that EA could be breached is is rough, right? So I think if we look at it in that kind of sense of like this is sounding the alarm, then it really is important to make sure that we have it it's kind of a rat race, right? Like you always have to make sure that your security is one step ahead of the hackers because they are going to learn it just that tiny little bit after you. So you have to just be constantly updating everything. And that's, that's a lot. It's a lot to do. And this may sound like a bit of a nihilistic or more accurately a pessimistic approach, but like on an individual basis, I'm well aware that like my dad is probably somewhere I don't want it to be or where it shouldn't be because like that's how the internet unfortunately works. And it's now like a part of society is what it is. But I do think you're right with the mentality that on an individual basis, something you like, I do what I'm supposed to do, of course. I change my passwords on a regular basis. I have a variety of them and everything. Outside of last week when I almost said a password, hence on the air, but not the password itself. That's an exception. Don't judge me for that. But, <laughs> but I do think you're right with whole Canaries and Nicole, my metaphor, where like, yes, like on the grander scheme, some of these breaches are like minor. But when you think about it like, on a larger scale, like if a huge amount of data gets taken from somewhere that's actually influential, like integral to how we survive and live life and everything that could have long-term effects, right? Like while it was dealt with relatively seem like, well, the data breach that happened recently with a ransomware attack where like the government paid out like $4.4 million in Bitcoin to hackers that they then got half of it back recently because they hacked that same person's wallet this past week. Like that is like an example of what could happen. Like imagine it happened on a larger scale or something that's like even more like deep in the how we operate society, right? So like, yes, this is something like I would say for the sake of like mental health, don't spend every day worrying about your data being taken and every single move you make because the fact of the matter is it's already out there. To be honest, the companies whose products you use already have your data in the first place anyway. <laughs> That's like just happening. But as far as like keeping your eye out for like headlines and what's happening in the world, like keep an eye out for like the large breaches. And if you get a random email from a reliable source saying that there's something that's been breached, you look into that then at that point. This is how I kind of operate on a personal level, at least. But with that, we're going to turn and take a break and step away from like hacking news before we end up getting targeted by hackers ourselves somehow. All right, and we are back. So, so much happened this week. This past week was Netflix's Geeked Week. So not only do we have our regular waterfall of news, we also have a lot of Netflix-related news. I'm honestly just going to say, like, go look at Netflix Geeked's Twitter account see what interests you and click on it because it was all good. It was all good and we just can't cover it. So do some research y'all. But with that, we are going to kind of merge our last big round into a giant lightning round of the top five things that stood out to us this week. So here is my top five. 
I'm going to start with some nonfiction stuff and then go to two of my favorite fiction worlds, I guess, and what they're up to. So, starting off with some awards. Ed Young of The Atlantic won the Pulitzer Prize in explanatory reporting for his coverage of the COVID-19 pandemic. I go back and forth with The Atlantic. Uh, Sometimes they get a little extra biasy, but I will say that there are some amazing, amazing journalistic pieces that come out of The Atlantic, and Ed Young has been a part of that, and so definitely go and check out his work, but also a lot of the other journalists at The Atlantic who have done some great reporting as well. The Eisner Award nominations are out. Y'all know that we talk about this every year. We're going to talk about it more this year, but this is a really great way to get into different genres and different titles that you've been thinking about or interested in, or just to find new content in general. So definitely go and check out the Eisner Award nominations. And once the actual awards are given, I'm sure we'll come back at you with that news. Also, on a Netflix, in amongst all of the Netflix news, there was in fact a new food show. I don't know how I feel about this. I feel like my arteries are already getting clogged just talking about it, but it does look very entertaining. So it is called Fresh Fried and Crispy. It dropped this past, oh, I can't do dates, a couple of days ago, June 9th. Uh, And it is being hosted by Dan Drops, who's actually a YouTube food critic. So many of you might uh, know him from his YouTube food reviews. And he got an official Netflix deal, so that's really cool. Now, in fiction stuff, we've got two things. So, y'all know I love Borderlands. I love Borderlands so much. And Gearbox has just announced that they are going to do a spinoff called Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Tiny Tina, one of the best characters, and so I'm super excited that we get to explore more of Tiny Tina's world because y'all know that she is not in the same reality as anybody else in Borderlands, and that game is set to be released in early 2022, so I'm excited for that. Last but not least, Lord of the Rings is going to have an anime movie question mark, exclamation mark. Uh, So, I don't even know how to feel about this. I guess overall, I am excited because I love the world that Tolkien has built. The movie is titled The War of the Rohirrim, and it is going to be, it's like a legit Lord of the Rings title. So it's coming from New Line and the Warner Animation Group. Philippa Boyens is going to be a consultant, And Kenji Kamiyama is going to direct. So it looks super cool. It's going to be essentially... Prequel isn't quite right. I would say more of an origin story about the Rohirrim, which are the warriors from Rohan. So when you think when Aomer first comes up in the Lord of the Rings movies and they kind of surround them with the horses... That is the last of the Rohirrim. And so it's the origin story of the Rohirrim with uh, Helm Hammerhand, who is kind of like one of the first kings of Rohan. So 
way before the movies that we know and love, but a really cool kind of dive into Middle Earth. So I'm excited about that. Keith, what do you think? This all seems like really, really good stuff. Um, to start off, as a writer, former journalist, now pseudo-journalist slash marketing person, I really enjoy seeing when people who work in content get appreciated for their work, and the award season is like the prime place for that. So congratulations to Ed Young and all the other Peace Prize winners. Speaking of which, Donella Frazier, the teen who recorded the footage of George Floyd being murdered by police, actually received an honorary Pulitzer Award because that act started an entire movement that we will all remember the rest of our lives, I imagine. So shout out to her on that. It showed that anybody can have an impact, right? So I love that. Um, moving on, I love that we gave even more cooking shows on Netflix. You can never have too many cooking shows. Like, it's just not a thing. Like, I was literally watching Barbecue Showdown a couple of days ago, like, with some people, and I was legitimately intrigued. I learned about, like, pork butt comes from the pork shoulder and not the butt, and, like, it's a valuable piece of meat and everything. Things I didn't know. So, yes, more food content, please. It'll never get old. Um, as far as other content, I don't really know much about Gearbox, so I'll leave that one to you. But I'm very glad that you are the one to talk about the Lord of the Rings series because, or movie. Because as all of us here at This Week in Nerd News are indeed Tolkien fans, I feel like you are the most by far. And I would not have been able to pronounce that title, which is why I'm not trying to pronounce it now, because you already did it once. And I like us being at 100% and not 50%. But this is all very good things that I'm looking forward to for a variety of reasons. And with that, I'll go ahead and dive into my lightning round for today to go ahead and take us out for the show. So to start off, some sad news, actually. NBC chose to not renew the show that Mikkel and I have been obsessively talking about for months now, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. So, barring any chance it gets picked up elsewhere, which it might because it has a small but powerful audience, thanks and best wishes to everyone involved in the creation of that show. Next up, James Wan announced the title for 2022's Aquaman single, which is, drumroll please, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Yeah, it works. None to write home about, but it works. Next up, Jamila Jamil has been cast as Titania, the villain for She-Hulk. And let me just take a moment to satisfy my nerdy journalist background real quick by reading this wonderful lead from Jermaine Lucier of io9. After the defeat of Thanos and the restoration of half of the galaxy, the Marvel Universe seemed like a rather good place to live. So it's fitting that star from The Good Place is now on her way to stir-ish up. I love that. I like did a fist pump when I read that for the first time. I'm like, yeah, The Good Place connection. But moving on, for my fellow D&D fans and players, Critical Role just finished a second campaign called The Mighty Nine. But fear not, they've announced an eight-week miniseries called Exandria Unlimited, which will feature a mix of new and familiar faces and take place 30 years after their first campaign, Vox Machina. And they also went ahead to announce that a third campaign is happening, which we all knew, but they'll announce a bit more about that later on this summer. And lastly, as a two-for-one, as Victoria said, Netflix Geek Week was full of news, but two things that I'm most excited about are the announcement of a WitcherCon built around the franchise, which everyone seems to be loving and doing even more now, and good job Henry Cavill landing on his feet because Superman may no longer be a thing. And the announcement of a Castlevania spinoff, which will focus on Richter Belmont, the great, 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 you get the hint, grandson of Sypha and Trevor Belmont. Critical Role, they're just pumping out stuff, right? They also, on the back end, are still working on their animated series from the Kickstarter. So they are, the last kind of update on that was that they are working on the back half of season one and have already started on season two as well. So hopefully we will get a release date for that animated series soon. Um, And then, (sighs) Geeked Week, again, 
y'all, you just gotta go, and there's just too much, I mean, we could talk for literally hours and still not get through all of the news from Geeked Week, um, I, I do like, I have mixed feelings about The Witcher. I think it's just because of Henry Cavill that I am like, oh, I don't want to like it. But I do like The Witcher game series. The the series itself was absolutely amazing. I had so many amazing characters brought to life. And that song, you know that song, and it's going to be stuck in your head for the rest of the day now. So I'm excited overall about WitcherCon. And... I do think it's going to be a lot of, like, moody folks dressed as Geralt just walking around. Like, it could make some people feel like the zombie apocalypse had happened. Like, if it takes place in a real place and there's just swarms of Geralts walking around, I think that would be hilarious. Um, uh, Castlevania, I like the Castlevania show. I, I don't know how I feel about this this new one. It's going to be set in the French Revolution, which is a part of history that I have a soft spot for. So I'm very interested to see where they take the story so far into the show's future. That will be interesting. That's it. That's what I got. Because I'm definitely a big fan of when my fiction and history get together. Mm-hmm. That's a really good thing. I didn't know it took place in the French Revolution. You know more about it than I do. And in case the song is not stuck in anyone's heads out there. Oh, no. Toss a coin to your witcher, oh, valley of plenty, oh. There you go. Now it's like <laughs> earworm for you. I was intentionally <laughs> I did, not I, I doing it, Keith. <laughs> well, I took it. I'm sorry. I had to. Someone had to. It's an earworm and it works. And now it's like, it was stuck in my yeah, head. It got to be stuck in everybody's head, too. But if you'd like to hear our thoughts on these topics or anything else in nerd news, including more singing from myself, feel free to tweet us to Black Nerd Problems with the hashtag TWINN. That was this 